Welcome to AJ Beast One Sports. I'm AJ. I'm Beast One. Episode 22. A lot going on around the NFL. Um, let's start it in with the news um, about Von Miller getting traded from the Broncos to the Los Angeles Rams. You don't for like this. The Broncos, in return, will be getting second and third round picks. You don't like this. Oh, I don't know what to think of it. I mean, the way I think of it is, it was pretty. It's a, it's an all right trade by the Broncos. You're getting picks in the future, on um, next year, and everything. Defensive player, but he's 32. You want to get picks while he's still playing at a high level, you could say. Um, but I look at it as the Rams um side of it. They're in win now mode, which means th- they're giving up so many drafts capital. They only have three picks in next year's draft, which is not good if you're trying to win in the present and in the future. But they're just trying to win now. So Sean McVay better be smart, and they better at least get to the Super Bowl. But they have to win. It's a win now. They believe they can win the Super Bowl this year, which they could. So getting Von Miller helps them out a little bit. They're one of the favorites. Their defense just keeps getting better. And we already know about their offense with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. Robert Woods. The offense we don't need to talk about because it's already good. It's the defense. Now they got Ramsey, Miller, and Donald. They're they're getting set up. But remember, they, I, I, I believe they're the best team in the NFC now. I think they're a better team than the Packers. I think, yeah, they lost to Arizona. But that was when this team was totally different. You put this Rams team on against the Cardinals, I think the Rams beat them. They do play them again. So I truly believe the Rams are the best team in the NFC by far. And this is a better team than the team the Rams went a couple years ago to the Super Bowl. This team is much better. Better than Tampa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, you look at the stats. You know, since 2015, since he won the Super Bowl MVP and everything... He had 11 sacks this, that year, 35 tackles. We're talking about Miller. Yep, Von Miller. So you look at it. Then 2016, 72 tackles, 13 and a half sacks. So he had a better season the following year after the Super Bowl than his Super Bowl season. Pretty good. 2017, 54 tackles, 10 sacks. Starting to come down a little bit. 2018, 47 tackles, 14 and a half sacks. So the sacks got better. I think 2018 was his best year by far. 2019 now, 43 tackles and 8 sacks. Uh, then, you know, he didn't play last year due to um, COVID and everything. I thought he no, he was hurt. And hurt. So then you look at it. 2021, this, this year, only 8 games in. 17 tackles and 4.5 sacks. So there's not much of a drop-off except for from 2018 to now. The sacks haven't been there, and the tackles haven't been there. But I believe, you know, he w- those numbers will go up because of the double teams for Aaron Donald. So it'll leave it one-on-one coverage, one-on-one battles for Von Miller to get to the quarterbacks. Um, I, I, I do believe, you know, I wouldn't have given up so many draft picks if I'm Sean McVay. You know, um, and... um. I, I just think it's going to come back and bite them because you need picks to build in the fu- in the present and in the future. So I do think that it, the picks will come back and bite them in the ass. But I think it was a shock to me finding out about, about this trade because I he's a Broncos legend. He will be one of the best, if not the best Broncos defensive player of all time. 
If he's not already. If he's not already. Um, he is a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Von Miller deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but, you know, I think it was something that had to be done a little bit. You know, his contract was coming up. And you want to get things in return while you can for a player that was one of the best defense players in the league. But he's falling down a little bit just because of age and, you know. There's other people coming in. Other people coming in. Um, but I do believe the Broncos are giving up this year. They realize they're not a playoff team after going 3-0. and And I feel like they're, they're trying to build for the future. So, like, I kind of get this pick. But, like, what I don't understand is, like, yeah, he's older. And, like, what is it? Um, he is he was their best defensive player, though. So that's kind of going to screw them over on defense. But, like you said, he's still a high-caliber talent at the moment. So it's smarter to get rid of him while you can, I guess. And they got picks out of it because they're clearly trying to rebuild. But as far as the Rams go, what were you saying? They don't have, like, a number one pick for, like, four they years don't have, now? They don't have a first-round pick. For the next couple of years. And in this draft coming up, they only have three picks. None of which are in the first round. Three picks. That's not good if you're trying to build. So that means they got to build in the trades and win right now. Because the only way you say, oh, okay, we understood why they traded so much picks to get so much talent is because they won a Super Bowl. And they did it. They completed it. And they were successful. But if they don't win it or don't get to the Super Bowl... We got to look at the blame of Sean McVay and be like, what are you doing? Now you got to be like, okay, I, if I can't sign him and I can't sign him, I got to go in the draft. Wait, I can't find a high, ta- high big talent because I just I have no picks. So it's kind of a high risk, high reward. None of those picks are in the first round. So I think it's a high risk, high reward. But I think the Rams do have a, the best chance in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl now. I mean, I, li- I liked their chances, like, off-rip, but, like, I really feel like this increases their chances, like, tenfold in terms of what they can do on the defensive side of the ball now. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you. Because all the main talks on the team are just Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey. Now you have another big-name, high-caliber guy on the team as well mm-hmm. who's going to be behind Donald, backing him up. So so I, ki- I kind of like the, the trade, but I don't at the same time. Yeah, I feel like that, too. Um, like I said, it's high risk. It's high risk, high reward. Yeah, see how the cookie crumbles now. Now the next news that we have hurts, but it does. Well, yeah, it hurts. You know, you feel for the guy Derrick Henry out six to ten weeks. You know, I said it was six to ten. Six to ten as of right now. He might come back this year. Might not. It's a huge loss for Tennessee. Season's I, 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 I. Yeah, they have pretty good offense. Tannehill needs to step up now and ball out with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. But this is a huge loss. He's the best player on their offense. Um, you look at it this year already. He had 219 attempts, 937 yards, on pace for another 2,000-yard season. And already has 10 touchdowns. And as of right now, he's the best running back in the league. There's no question in my eyes. Um, it's a huge loss. I feel for, I feel for him. Um, I hope he could come back in the playoffs if the Titans do make it. I believe they'll make it. I think they'll win their division. But um, unless you, this completely derails their momentum, I just so. I feel for Derrick Henry. Um, but if he doesn't come back this year, next year he, he might get more than two thousand yards. 
because he'll be fully healthy. Um, and he'll be angry. Oh yeah, he'll be he'll definitely get he'll be he'll be on a mission. But um, right now, if his if his career ended, let's hope it doesn't. But if it did end today, he's a Hall of Famer, first battle Hall of Famer in my eyes, even without the ring. You look at it. Yeah, his age could be a factor because running backs don't last long. But t- the Titans were smart with how they did Derrick Henry. Very smart. And I think teams should look at it more. He didn't run a lot his first couple of years. He didn't, they didn't give him the offense fully. Because it was Marcus Mariota. And Mar- Mariota was a runner, r- runner and quarterback at the same time. So Henry wasn't used as much. Even though he, he, he ran a lot. But it wasn't as you see now. Frequent now. But now you look at it, the near the like as he's getting older, he's now getting the touches that he should have gotten in the beginning. But it's helping him keep his career longer a little bit. It's helping him get the yards and the numbers he needs, and also to help the team out. So I think the Titans are very smart with how Henry did it, and they paid him a good contract. He got his contract money, and he's he's proven that he deserved it because he's not stopping. He had a two thousand yard season last year. He's on pace to do it again. Almost had one the year before. It's last year. he's. He's definitely, um, it's a, it's a big loss for the Titans and I, I hope he comes back and I hope he's not out for the yeah, season. Here's the flip side. They just got Adrian Peterson to be his that, replacement. That, that is a good pickup despite Adrian Peterson's age, but they're running, Adrian Peterson's not going to get the numbers or get the attempts they, Dick Henry did. He's not there for he's, that. He's not there for that. He's there to get you a couple, a couple rushes, but Tannehill, this is going to show, like Tannehill is, is it's above average now. He's showing that he's an NFL quarterback. He's an elite quarterback. But this shows, is he really that guy without a top running back? Can he do it with A.J. Brown, who's already going off? Julio Jones. Can he run the offense and take 90% of the offense every play instead of having it be 50-50 or 40-50? So that'll, that's something I'm going to be looking for for Ryan Tannehill. But it's a big loss. I saw this... News and I was like, damn, Derrick Henry. Um, you know, sucks to see it, but I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back this season. So I hope he comes back the same. Because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people they don't come back the same. We will be talking about the Jameis Winston news when we talk about the NFL game. So I want to leave that out for right now until we talk about the game. So now let's go into the games. Um, you are so excited to talk about this game. You know, one of the games I covered is. The Bengals Jets. What a game. Big upset by the Jets. I was even in shock. I was like, holy shit. I was like, what the f- The Bengals, you're the number one seed. You just came off a win against Baltimore. And then you go and lose to the New York Jets. The Jets' first win was against the Tennessee Titans. Then they beat the Bengals. They were playing spoiler, but it does help them. You know, Joe Burrow went 21 of 34. 259 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. So Burrow played all right, played better. Well, he, he played like he always played. But um, Joe, Joe Mixon didn't rush much. D. Higgins balled out. Was this just a bad game and a game of, of shock by the Jets? The Jets came in better than they were? You're speaking in general. In general for the Bengals? Or could is this a trend of where they beat a top team and then they lose? Then they beat another top. Then they beat another team. Then they lose. Are they are they going to be consistent? You know, I do have questions. Are they actually 
a contender this year? Or are they just going to make a playoff and lose in the first round? Here's the thing. What really hurt the Bengals yesterday, besides their defense, is not running the ball as much. Mixon only got 33 yards. He has to get more than what he had Sunday in order for them to win. Even, yeah, they lost by three points. They were up by 11 points in the fourth quarter, and the Jets came back. And won. So they collapsed. They collapsed, and um, I'm now looking at the Bengals' arc. Okay, are they actually a top-tier team in the AFC, or are they right below Baltimore um, and Buffalo? That's really what I'm looking at. Um, but for the Jets' side, Mike Whiteball, though. Dude came out of nowhere and shocked us. He shocked me. 37 of 45, 405 yards. Dude balled out. Three touchdowns and two picks. He is the second quarterback since 1950 with 400 passing yards in his first start. The other one is Cam Newton. But Mike White balled out. That's dude, why. Dude, amazing. Michael Carter, breakout game. Rookie running back, breakout game. He had um, 15 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown, along with nine receptions, 95 yards. So he is a dual threat. He can both, he can pass catch. And run. So Michael Carter, now I'm looking at as he is the guy on the offensive side for the New York Jets. And I think it was a great pick drafting him because he's a NFL football player. He showed it yesterday, and I like what I'm seeing from Michael Carter. He has my attention. Huge win for the Jets. Like I said, they're playing spoiler. And um and if they can rack up some wins this year. Next year, it'll boost them, and they'll be like, okay, so we took down some top teams in the AFC, bring some in, some more people in, and maybe we could be better and maybe get to seven wins. But here's what I'm thinking. Is Zach Wilson really the guy? Did they miss on Zach Wilson? Which is okay. You can miss on players. Just unknown for missing on players. But do they have a diamond in Mike White? Is Mike White the guy that should be the franchise all along? Diamond in the rough. The diamond in the rough? That was last year and the year before that. Just a backup quarterback? And you just really didn't think of him as he could maybe be the guy because he doesn't have so much media or hype around him? Right now, Mike White's my, I'm picking Mike White over Zach Wilson. I think the Jets should move off Zach Wilson. I know it's one game, blah, blah, blah. Zach Wilson has been terrible these past couple games in his first season. He has been atrocious. Turnover, picks, picks, picks. Mike White threw for 405 yards in one game. In his first start. This game was better than Sam Donald's game ever as a New York Jet. And Zach Wilson. He didn't have a pick. Mike White had two picks? Yeah. You expect that. You expect that. First start, he's going to throw some picks. But he rebounded. And he, in the critical moments, he didn't let the hype get to him. He was like, I'm going to go down the field and I'm going to score. 405 yards, three touchdown. If I'm Robert Sala, sit Zach Wilson and see what you really have in Mike White. If not, Zach Wilson comes in next year and he's the guy and we just move off of this. But if you let Mike White 
start and he balls out every game like this uh, for a couple more games. I don't. I think you got to get rid of Zach Wilson or something, and you trade him, and you keep Mike White and you build around him because he went in there and he beat the Cincinnati Bengals. He played like he knew what he's doing. He out there. played like a veteran. And a pretty damn good veteran. I'm a Mike White fan now. He has my attention. I'm rooting for the guy. So what, are you going to get his jersey now? No, no. I'm just rooting for the guy. <laughs> and if I'm the Jets, listen, I know you don't want to be the team that r- misses on a quarterback because you drafted him second overall. But if you have this kind of quarterback almost every game balling out like this, and first, he does it. does start. After what he's doing in his first start, I don't I don't want to move off of it. I'm not moving off of it. I'm keeping Mike White. So Mike White, ball out and take that job. So Mike White balled out. That's that's all I gotta say. And he has my attention. So like, yeah, I think when the Jets won it shocked me, but at the same time I'm like, it's football, upsets happen. And it's not what would have been a total shock is if they blew them out, but they only beat them by yeah. like three. So yeah, they beat them, but it's not like they you do got to give respect, though, to the yeah, Jets I for I battling. I, I thought it was, once it was 17-7 game, it was 17-7 game in the third, and I was like, I thought it was over. I was like, all right, the Bengals just, they had a slow start. Now they got Here we go, Jets. And then I'm, I'm looking, and Mike White just boom, 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 boom. And I was like, the fuck is oh, yeah, this? You missed out one thing. You said Corey Davis wasn't there. Either. And Corey Davis wasn't there, so Mike White didn't have a top number one receiver. So Mike White did all this shit without a legit number one receiver. Mike White just he he balled out, and I'm rooting for the guy. I, he's starting Thursday on Thursday night football. They already said it. Yep. I hope he balls out again, and I hope they win because if he can pull this off, screw Zach Wilson. They might have found their franchise. Far, get rid of him. You keep Mike White. It's been since 2011 since the Jets have been relevant. Mike White might bring them back to relevancy. Just saying. But, um, yeah, no, I, I was seeing Mike White ball down, and I was like, holy shit, where the fuck did this guy come from? And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm watching, and I'm like, he's not, he, he, he was smart with the football. It wasn't like, it was all luck. Dude is talented. He was accurate, too. He was accurate, he was talented, and he knew where to go with the ball. Mike White has my attention, and I'm rooting for the guy. So now we're going to throw it back to Thursday night's game. The Green Bay Packers visiting the Arizona Cardinals, no longer undefeated. So Aaron Rodgers, he had a good game, but as an Aaron Rodgers fan and just watching him in general, fan or not, it wasn't his best game. He went 22 of 37. He had 184 yards and two touchdowns with no interceptions. Seven of those completions were to A.J. Dillon, who had 51 yards, and then running the ball, he had 78 on 16 carries. Um, Arizona side, Kyler Murray, he threw 22 for 33. He had 274 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. His boy, DeAndre Hopkins, he got hurt. He caught two passes for 66 yards, and then from what I heard, he got hurt. I missed that part of the game. A.J. Green had five catches for 50 yards. This was just a great back-and-forth game all around, but I got to talk about the ending of the game. I don't know what that was. I didn't At first, I didn't realize it was A.J. Green until I went to and talked to people at work about it, and they said it was him. So when I see that play, I'm thinking, like, three things. One, 
AJ Green's blocking for somebody else and they're just not getting open mm-hmm. to get the ball. Two, Murray knew that that was the last chance they had before they were going to have to just take three and send it to overtime. So he tried to rush the play before Murray could even do the route. Or three, Murray's age was starting to show and he just wasn't in the right spot and he was he wasn't even paying attention when it was thrown. So I'm like, I don't really know how to go with that ending of the game. I will say this. Murray, this Murray struggled. He struggled. Definitely, you know, was a bad game on his part. It, it happens. Everyone. But here's the thing: this is all on AJ Green. You're a veteran, one of the best receivers of the decade and of this generation. How do you not know the ball's coming to you when Hopkins is on the sideline because he's hurt? How do you not know if? Probably in the huddle, they tell you the ball's coming to you. It's a quick fade, back shoulder fade. So be ready. All AJ Green has to do is look, and he's winning the battle because of his height and he's able to his catching ability. For him to not even let me get up for a second to show you. For him to just go and just try and block him and not even turn your head around, turning around late is a little what the fuck. It's an issue. You're a veteran. You should know the ball's coming to me because my size. I'm going to win this battle and at least look and try and make a play. The fact that you never look and your head never turns around is an issue. What happened? And it was a it was great great play by the Packers cornerback, um, Rajou Douglas. Great play. Give him respect. But... AJ Green, what the fuck are you doing? Because as a vet, you know the ball's coming to me. I'ma make the play. The fact that you he, didn't even he didn't try. even move a muscle. He stood there and acted and just wow. little block, and then just never got his head around. He didn't look until the ball was picked off, and he's like, oh. What's going on in your head? So, and then them losing J.J. Watt. You know, obviously J.J. Watt's not putting up the numbers he used to. So, what do you, what do you going back, what do you think was going through Murray's head when he saw that happen? If I'm worried, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off because he had to get, he, ha, he knew where he was going because he knew A.J. Green could win that battle. But the fact that he threw it, and he was, he's thinking Green's going to look and turn around. Make a cut, something. And, or at least just look so he can battle and make the catch. The fact that when he sees he never turned, he definitely was like, what the fuck are you doing? And plus he got hit hard. He got a little hurt. And I'm, I'm sure Kyler is very very frustrated. Because she has every right to be. You, you have a veteran receiver that should know what the fuck he's doing. And for him to not play that play correctly... It's very frustrating. So you're having a talk with him after the game. Oh, if I'm worried, I'm sitting in the film room and I'm having a talk. Because why were you so nonchalant when you're an all-pro all receiver and you know nine out of ten times you're making that catch? But this way, it, it, it's not like, yeah, he went and battled for the ball. He never looked. or he, And he didn't look like he cared on that play. That's an issue I have. So, hopefully they resolve it, and hopefully this doesn't derail their whole derail season. their whole their whole season. Because 
something like that could affect so um it, your team. If that does happen to them, it's gonna come back to that play. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you gotta give Aaron Rodgers he's a he's a He did it without two of oh, his top targets. He had lost another top target. He had Adams out, Scantling out. Adams is out. I already said Adams. Someone else. Lazard. And Alan Lazard out. Then he lost Tanya in midway through. Then the he game. lost Robert Tanya now for the year, which is a big loss. For him to do that, it just shows why Aaron Rodgers is one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. It's amazing. Oh, I love him. Dude's a gr- mm. Aaron Rodgers, I was not shocked that he won this game. Without- I, I, I expected him to keep it close just because it's Aaron Rodgers. He yeah. was going to find a way to He's keep that find- game close. And maybe it's now the Packers look at, maybe we should listen to Aaron Rodgers maybe more. Because he wanted Randall Cobb back and Randall Cobb and him balled out. Maybe listen oh, to your quarterback. Yeah, maybe listen to your quarterback one time. He won you guys a game without his top dude. Top three to four dudes still win a game. You you tell me a quarterback that's going to do that. Besides Tom Brady, probably I, I don't know. I don't think anyone. I don't think no quarterback is doing that. Besides Brady, and you talk about Rodgers, Mahomes. Mahomes ain't doing that. So let's calm down. Rodgers is oh, light years ahead of. Mahomes, because no quarterback is going to get that done except for one man called Aaron Rodgers. So, but now getting back to my game, my other game, the Titans versus Colts. Obviously, talk about the whole Henry injury. AJ Brown balled out, ten receptions, one hundred fifty-five yards, and a touchdown during the game. Right? Yeah, during the game, I think. Um, but let's talk about the Colts. You know, they had this game won, and the Titans came back and won it. Carson Wentz, 27-51, 231 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Had a very good game. Jonathan Taylor, obviously, does what he does. No shock there. Michael Pittman, is, he's showing why he's a top receiver. He's built different. He, he's, he's different. Ten receptions, 86 yards, two touchdowns. Balling out since Hill and Joint came back yesterday and then got hurt again. So Pittman's showing that. You know what, Ty... T.Y. is having issues, but I'm a ball out and I'm a number one receiver. Here's where I have an issue. Yeah, we could point the blame on Carson Wentz because of his past issues and stuff. But that's the easy way out. I don't think this loss is on Carson Wentz. Yeah, he threw a pick to lose the game. And he had a couple turnovers. And he had a couple boneheaded plays, which he needs to understand. Why why the fuck are you doing that? But maybe you look at it as like Frank Reich. Maybe Frank Reich is not adjusting. Maybe we need to put some blame on Frank Reich. Adjusting to what? Because when Rents throws for three touchdowns and 231 yards and played pretty damn good, and you blow the lead, that's not on Carson Wentz. He can only do so much. It's on Frank Reich on why you had a big lead and you lose a game. And then I'm seeing people say that Wentz is holding the team back. I don't think Wentz is holding the team back as much as we think he is. But let's look at some of let's let's put some blame on Frank Reich. Why isn't he getting the job done? He said, and we all said, oh, if Wentz goes to Indy, he'll be two thousand seventeen. Frank, Frank Reich will be able to get get him going. Two thousand seven. Frank Reich hasn't been able to fix it really. He he's fixed it a little bit, but he hasn't fixed it all the way. Let's put some blame on Frank Reich. 
can he, can he actually was he actually the reason why Wentz played good in 2017? Or was Wentz the reason why he played good in 2017? And then just the injury happened and mental issues and all that happened. I, I think we need to start looking at Frank Reich as, as maybe Frank Reich is the issue in Indy. Because Carson Wentz can only do so much. And yeah, there's mistakes Carson Wentz needs to correct. But he's been doing... He's, this year, he has, been an, he has been way better since the 2017 season. He had one pick going into this year. I'm going into this game. And then he throws a couple. Let's not just throw all that stuff away because he had a bad game. Let's say maybe Frank Reich is the issue. And that's just where I'm thinking. But um, So, my next game is the one from last night. The Dallas Cowboys visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this game, it was, I, I watched this whole game. You caught some of it. Um, this game was a back-and-forth game all game. It was tied at 13 going into the fourth, and that's when the game like really became a game again. Cooper Rush, because Dakota, I mean Dak, he didn't play. So Rush, he threw 24 passes. Well, he completed 24 passes on 40 attempts. He had two touchdowns, one interception, and threw for 325 yards. Amari Cooper had eight receptions, 122 yards, and he happened to get the game-winning touchdown grab from it. CeeDee Lamb had six grabs for 112 yards. Cedric Wilson, he had three catches for 54 yards and a touchdown, and he threw for 33 yards as well on a trick play to CeeDee Lamb. And this was just a good game all around, and the Cowboys, everyone thought they are going to lose because... Their bet, their quarterback Dakota wasn't playing. I even told you that. I told you. Yeah. You told me don't don't think like that. And I said, I don't think Cooper. I don't think this is gonna be a close game. And I don't think the Cowboys are winning. And man, that bit me the, in the ass. Yeah. And <laughs> Cooper Rush ends up wait. Cooper Rush ends up having them win the game and keep their winning streak alive without Dakota playing. And then for the other side, Kirk Cousins. He had he threw twenty five passes, completed twenty three. So what's that like ninety something percent? Eighty. Yep. He had 184 yards and one touchdown, so he had a good game. I do want to ask you, even though you're a Giants fan, do you think the Cowboys are the real deal now? That they won with a backup quarterback, and imagine if Dak was playing, I think they win that game by a little bit more than four points. Four points. I think, see, as a Giants fan, it hurts me to say, but not only do I think they're the real deal, I I know they have our division on lock. They're taking our I, I think the Ram, I mean, I think the Cowboys are one of the contenders to get to the Super Bowl. And I know people are like, oh, it's the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to fail at some point. So you have them and the Rams right now? I, I, I think the Cowboys could make a run. They won with the backup quarterback, which is very hard to do, on the fly. It wasn't like he knew he was starting this whole week. It was a couple minutes before the game starting as, you're starting. You're starting. And he's and like... It, it's different. So I think the Cowboys really show that. They, they, they're not going to let a, something like this derail them. And they showed up and their they, de- didn't, their they defense, fought. Their defense was great too because Cook ran it 18 times and he only got 78 yards out of it. You know, usually The defense getting, did get better. Yeah, yep. You know he's usually getting 100 yards a game. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook's one of the best running backs in the league. You know he's always going to get his numbers. Adam Thielen had six catches for 78 yards as well for one touchdown. And Cooper Rush, like, I... Watching the guy, I was I was happy for him because his family, 
they've been mm -hmm. going to a lot of the games lately, but Dak was always playing, so they never got to see him play. Mm -hmm. Now they go to the game in Minnesota yesterday. They get to see him play, and he wins. Yeah, no, so, Cooper Rush played great. Yeah, it was Cooper to Cooper for the game winner. That was a dime he threw to, to Amari Cooper, too. He threw a dime, and Cooper made sure he got his feet in bounds. I, I liked watching Cooper Rush. Like, I'm not going to be over here hating. I actually enjoyed that game. Me too. I enjoyed it a little bit. Um, now my game. My Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns. I want to start off and talk about my Steelers real quick. you going to be biased right now? Ben did 22 of 34, 266 yards, and a touchdown. Pretty good. Got his 50th win in Ohio. 26 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Najee Harris balled out as usual. Not going to go on about that. What about Clay? Johnson, six receptions, 98 yards. Here's where I have an issue with Mike Tomlin. Before halftime, you decided to do a fake field goal. And, now, and your kicker got blown up and was out for the rest of the game. Where in the mind of, I still got a whole second half of a game to play, and it's a very close game, do you think... I'm gonna be aggressive, and I—he's an aggressive coach, and I love it. But I don't—I don't fake field goal the, and have you because things like that, your kicker got blown off. He legit got thrown five yards back. He got hurt. Too. He got concussed. He got drilled. And imagine you lose this game because you can't make a, because it came down to you got to go for it or do you kick it. Imagine if it went down to that. Then you really be like, damn, I sh maybe I shouldn't have done that. In my head, in my I head, I think it was a dumb move, um, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. In my head, now, now it makes it seem like Tomlin thought he was playing Madden or something. Where he was, but I need to see more though from the Steelers' offense. How did Claypool and stuff do? The, the, the offense is still the same. I'm not seeing improvement. I'm seeing the offense go from the same every week, if not get a little better. Pat, Fry Pat Fryermuth is a great tight end for the Steelers. He played great yesterday. You need to keep doing more with him along the offense. Here's the thing. The Steelers, I'm not seeing improvement every single week. It's the same thing every week for the same offense. And I'm, I don't trust this offense. You, I, I think they need to make a move, get a right receiver in the trade deadline, and... I mean, they only have until tomorrow to get the trade deadline going. I say you need to you need to change you need to figure this offense out because this offense is very predictable still, and it's it's not improving. It's it's an average to a little under average offense. Um, so it pains you as a Steelers fan to see. Yeah. Um. But now what, what I want to get. What about your defense? The defense plays fine. Here's where I am now going to get going on the Cleveland Browns. In no circumstance do you put this blame on Baker Mayfield. You put the blame on Baker Mayfield, either one, you're being hypocritical, or two, you don't want to give him his credit. Dude is on one arm. They cleared him to play. He is shouldn't. playing with one arm at the biggest position in football. Let me just say that. He went 20 of 31, 225 yards. Nick Chubb, 16 carries, 61 yards. This loss is not on Baker Mayfield. He got hit in the at near the end of the game 
and got right back up. On he played good. Arm. Baker Mayfield did not make any bonehead decisions. He played amazing. We need to stop the Baker Mayfield hate. As a Steelers fan, I'm taking Baker Mayfield all day if I can. He is a great quarterback, and we're just hating on him. Um, the hate. Let's 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 say that let's let's say this. This loss is not on Baker Mayfield at all. So someone, aka Stephen A. Smith, let's let's cut the shit. Stop stop <laughs> going on with Baker Mayfield as he's the issue when he's not. Jarvis Landry had a couple balls thrown to him in, late in the game that should have been caught, that were right to his hands, and he couldn't catch them. I heard Odell dropped a bunch too. Odell dropped them. Jarvis Landry dropped balls. And he fumbled the ball. When they had a first down, it, Jarvis Landry, when they were about to score two. And that would have won them the game. So... This loss is on Jarvis Landry, along with the defense, because the defense is n- the back end of the defense is atrocious. Also, OBJ needs to go. You got trade him. To you Miami. have to get rid of him. He is not helping Baker Mayfield at all. No matter what, Odell is a guy that's gonna his just his presence is gonna demand the ball, and you got to make sure I got to get in so he doesn't get upset and all that. This loss is not on Baker Mayfield. So let's 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 cut the shit. Baker Mayfield played great. This loss is on Jarvis Landry and the defense and on OBJ and on Kevin Stefanski. Not on Baker Mayfield. He went out there with one arm and played great and almost won the game. He threw perfect passes to Jarvis Landry that he dropped. Let's start making let's start putting blame on receivers when they're dropping good passes when they should be catching them. He probably did money throws to Odell too, did he? So let's. There was a play to Odell. Yeah, Odell was gonna get hit. I understand that. You make the catch, you win the game. Because you're probably gonna score. What was it? Midfield catch? No, it was in near the end zone. But he he didn't make the catch because there was a guy there ready to drill him. So now I'm really thinking: Are you really wanting to put your body on the line for the team? This loss is not on Baker Mayfield. This is on the Cleveland Browns, on the defense, on Jarvis Landry, on OBJ, and on Kevin Stefanski. Well, what did Stefanski do? He needs to hand over the play calling. That's that's really so what it is. they got to get rid of him? No. Paul, shut up. No. they. This loss is not on Baker Mayfield at the end of the, the day. None. So that's what I'm saying. Wow, you, you, you're a Steelers fan, and you weren't happy about either team. Nope. But... Your game, though. That was my last game. No, the Bucks. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Brady, he... Brady threw four touchdowns. He had two interceptions, and he threw for 379 yards. And um, I forgot what Winston had, but that, that was just a good game to watch all around. There was one point where I was going to turn the game off because the Saints were at home, and they were up 23-7, to and I thought the game was over. But I'm like, it's not over. It's, no. it's Thomas Edward Brady Jr. He's going to find some way to come back. And here's one thing that confused me. Gronkowski came back yesterday, the whole game, never even got the ball thrown to him once. He did sit out the second half, though. He did? Mm, due to injury. Here's my thoughts on it. I feel bad for Winston. He's hurt. He was having a great year. You look at his stats. Um, he played great against his age. Let's look at his stats real quick. You know, he was 4-2 before he got hurt. A uh, 1,000... 
170 yards, 14 touchdowns, three picks, and 102.8 QBR. That's that's pretty damn good. If you take the name Jameis Winston out of it, you're like, I want that quarterback any day. So Winston improved. And he was having a career year. But here's where I, you know, this loss is on the Bucks. You know, you lose to a backup quarterback. Trevor Simeon. The Saints played good. Got to give them the credit. Brady, you're, Thomas, Tom Brady is now 0-3 in the regular season since joining Tampa Bay against the Saints. He threw some mistake and threw an um, interception, which shocked me at the end of the game. He's going to take responsibility. I'm not going to throw shit on him and be like, you're the GOAT. You gotta, why are you doing that throw? Why are you making that throw? He understands it. Let him deal with it. But there's turnovers and penalties that ruined the Tampa Bay Bucks last night. There were about 11 penalties that were called on Tampa Bay that ruined their chances at coming back and winning this game. Along with Leonard Fournette dropping and fumbling the ball. You, can't, you are not going to win the game if you have penalties and turnovers. Not going to happen. So I truly believe this is just going to spark the Bucks a little more now. And now they're going to maybe get going a little bit. But what a win by the Saints. And they're, 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 they're doing good. And they're trying to push for the playoffs. And I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if they get into the playoffs. If they find a way. Yeah, this game had playoff impl- implications all over it. Exactly. But I, don't, um, I mean, as far as the Saints go, they don't have Winston now. But I think they should still try to get another quarterback. Because they can't just... I think Trevor you go after Cam Newton. Cam? Yeah, I think you got. I think Cam doing. Simeon played great. But Listen, you can't just keep him. Uh, he got vaccinated. Put all that shit out the window. He did. Yeah, put the shit out the window. Cam Newton needs to be on an NFL team right now because if I'm the Saints, he's helping you get to the playoffs. You have a chance to get to the playoffs, and Cam Newton, you know, he's gonna have motivation to say there were teams that, including the Pages, that gave up on me. The Saints give, are going to give me a chance. I'm going to show up. So I think Cam Newton is the guy that you need to go and sign. Then what happens if they like him and keep him as a starter when Winston comes back? I think then you have a quarterback battle, and it's just the same thing. But right now, you are 5-2. and two. Go get Cam Newton. Pretty sure you'll get to 8 or 9 wins with Cam Newton. And maybe a playoffs. So I think Champagne needs to go out and get Cam Newton. And they're still doing this. They still don't have Michael Thomas yet either. Exactly. But you don't. You. Don't I don't. I don't think that's an issue. Yeah. But um. Now we do our segment, the top ten at each position for the NFL. This we did all. This now this different. episode is now going to be the defensive end, or defensive line, top ten. Just in general, defensive line. Mine's in order, of how I'm ranking them. Is yours in order? No, it's just random. All right. Do you want to go first or me? I'll go first because you always go first for these. Okay. So I have Reggie White at one. I have J.J. Watt at two. Yeah, he's still playing, but he, he's going to be up there by the time he's done. I have Dwight Freeney at three. I have Michael Strahan at four. Uh, Warren Sapp at five and Julius Peppers at six. And then I have Jared Allen at seven, Bryant Young at eight, Geno Atkins at nine, and Kevin Williams at ten. So mine's in order. Um, gotta have Reggie White on there. Reggie White is number one, obviously. He, we never really thirteen All Pros. 
we don't even got to talk about Reggie White. Go look up his stats. You'll see yeah, why we, he's the number one. We looked one. up his stats because we never saw him play. You you look him up and you see some film. You know why Reggie White's the greatest defensive lineman to ever play. Then I got Bruce Smith, who's right behind Reggie White. It could make an argument. Bruce Smith could be... Like statistically? In general. Them two are the closest two that you can make a discussion for of the best defensive lineman in history. So, um... Then I got Alan Page, who you don't see defensive players winning MVP. He won it in 1971 and also an NFL champion and nine all pros. So give Alan Page the respect. He's third on my list. Number four, I got Deacon Jones from the Rams. Pretty damn good player. Number right, five, right. I got Joe Green. You know, Joe Green, four Super Bowls. I'm putting him fifth. Then I put Randy White from the Cowboys, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl co-MVP, also, and a nine-time All-Pro. I'm changing Kevin Williams to Joe Green. For seventh, now on my list, I got Michael Strahan. Um, seeing him play, he was he, he just one of the best to ever do it. Getting his number retired on the 20th of November. This month. Now, number eight. I I had Aaron Donald, but I forgot J.J. Watt. Aaron Donald is 11th now on my list. If he keeps it up, he'll take out either... He'll take someone out and be in the top 10. But right now, he's on the cusp. But J.J. Watt, his first couple years was insane. We will never see what he did in his first couple years for a long time. 20 and a half sacks. Almost every season, J.J. Watt balled out, and he was one of the baddest motherfuckers to play. So give, go look at J.J. Watt when he was a rookie in his first couple of years. And he was arguably one of the best players of, in the league. Also, so then at number nine, I got John Randall. John Randall probably will get bounced if Aaron Donald keeps doing what he's doing. But right now on my list, Aaron Donald, I mean, John Randall is number nine on my list. He was... One big motherfucker that you did not mess with. Then Jack Youngblood is my last pick. He's at 10. He Either him or Randall will get bounced by Aaron Donald at some point in the near future. Aaron Donald will jump them. And he's an eight-time offer. So that's kind of my list of where I'm at. Um, But, yeah. You know, that's that's really it for me. Great episode. We'll come back with more. Is that all? Yeah. That's it for me. That's it for me. We'll be back. Peace. I'm, I'm Beast One. I'm Aja.